This is the Victory Podcast. Every week, we'll share an inspiring message about God's grace and forgiveness for you, wherever you're at in life. Your victory starts now. Little disclaimer before I uh, begin the sermon, uh, let you know a little bit how my week went. I wrote the sermon and then I looked at it and I thought, this is garbage. <laughs> and so I rewrote the sermon. I, I felt like the first sermon I wrote was just something I wanted to say. And then I looked at the text and I believe what you're, you're going to hear today is what God wants you to hear. The only problem with that is now all the notes in your uh, insert have nothing to do with the sermon I'm about to preach. So you have to make your own notes in the worship folder. Uh, Proverbs chapter 9, this is Solomon speaking to his son, closing out his kind of heart-to-heart lecture, talking about the two parties that, that we're invited to. Wisdom has built her house. She has set up its seven pillars. She has prepared her meat and mixed her wine. She has also set her table. She has sent out her servants, and she calls from the highest point of the city. Let all who are simple come to my house. To those who have no sense, she says, come eat my food and drink the wine I have mixed. Leave your simple ways and you will live. Walk in the way of insight. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. The other party. Folly is an unruly woman. She is simple and knows nothing. She sits at the door of her house on a seat at the highest point of the city, calling out to those who pass by, who go straight on their way. Let all who are simple come to my house. To those who have no sense, she says, stolen water is sweet and food or bread eaten in secret is delicious. But little do they know that the dead are there, that her guests are deep in the realm of the dead. This is the word of the Lord. Let's pray. Lord God, we came here to hear from you. We want to know what your word says. We want to know what is wisdom according to what you say. And so don't let me, your servant, get in the way of your word. Amen. Is following biblical wisdom like eating boiled Brussels sprouts? My mom's a great cook. In fact, she actually walked into church in this service. So I'm going to throw her under the bus right now. But my mom's a great cook. And I grew up enjoying everything that, that, that she made, except every once in a while, she felt obligated to buy Brussels sprouts. And then she boiled them. And what kid likes eating boiled Brussels sprouts? And we ate them. We kind of forced them down, but they were mushy and they were earthy and they were smelly and they were disgusting. But we were told, eat your Brussels sprouts because they're good for you. But they're no fun and they're not satisfying. And maybe you eat them, but then you, you make this vow with yourself, when I grow up, I'm never eating Brussels sprouts again, right? And maybe that's what it's like when you think about following the Bible, following biblical wisdom, you look at the Bible and maybe you grew up going to church or going to a catechism class and you went through it, you went through the motions, you, you followed because your parents made you come to church and, and you showed up and you thought, all right, this is the thing I have to do. It's, it's supposed to be good for me, but it's not fun and it's not satisfying. 
but it's supposed to be good for me. It's like eating boiled Brussels sprouts. And I get that because we wonder, you know, you look at this and think, is, is God really enough to satisfy my soul? Is, is following him really enough to satisfy? Or is it just something I got to do, just the, the thing I have to do uh, because it's so-called good for me? Reminds me of the, the song from Billy Joel, Only the Good Die Young, where he says this, right? Um, they say there's a heaven for those who wait. Some say it's better, but I say it ain't. I'd rather laugh with the sinners than cry with the saints. The sinners are much more fun, right? This idea that, that, that man, uh, following God and his wisdom, that's going to be boring, and it's not going to satisfy me. And it's just something I got to do because supposedly it's good for me, but it's not going to really help, not going to be satisfying. Now, if that's who, how you feel, if you're, if, if you're kind of hedging your bets, you're not ready to give your whole life over to God, to trust that God and his wisdom is the avenue into the good life, I'm glad that you're here. We're finishing up our sermon series called Scene 2020. It's been a sermon series through the, the book of Proverbs. The book of Proverbs was primarily written by the, the wisest man who ever lived, uh, King Solomon, the third king in Israel. He lived about 900 years before Jesus. And, and, and although he was one of the wisest men who ever lived, unfortunately, he didn't live a wise life. He didn't walk in wisdom. And in fact, because he lived such a foolish life, he destroyed his kingdom. And now in the book of Proverbs, in the first nine chapters that we've been going through in these last few weeks, uh, he's sitting down with his son and he's pleading with his son, don't do what I did. Um, listen to what I say, but not what I did. Uh, don't follow what my example Follow what God says. Worship him. Follow him. Follow what he says about sex and money and relationships and, and, and how to live a good life. Follow what God says. It's the best way to live. And now he's concluding his little heart-to-heart um, -heart lecture with his son with an illustration. He says that life presents before you two different banquets, two different parties. Um, life is going to present you a party of the, the wisdom of God. It's called Lady Wisdom. Or you're also going to be invited to another party, Lady Folly, or I'll say Worldly Folly. And he's telling his, your, his son, you can go to one of these two parties. Be careful which party you plan on attending. And, and he begins this section talking about the party of God's wisdom. And maybe right away you hear that, the party of God's wisdom, you think this is going to be a boring party, right? The music is probably going to be lame. The games are going to probably be boring. And they're probably going to serve Brussels sprouts, right? But look at the opening verses of Proverbs chapter 9 and see what Solomon says, how he describes the party of God's wisdom. Wisdom has built her house. She has set up its seven pillars. She has prepared her meat and mixed her wine. She has also set her table. So you're, you're walking up towards wisdom's house and you find out this is a mansion. It's a beautiful house with seven pillars. This is cool. And what are they serving? Look, no Brussels sprouts, right? Prepared the finest of meats and the best of wines. This is going to be a great party. 
This is going to be awesome. And, and, and we shouldn't be so surprised at this. In fact, we should recognize that God is good. And, and, and what Solomon is trying to tell his son is this. So if you're, you're keeping notes, here's the first main point. God throws the best parties. God throws the best parties. And again, that might surprise you. But just think about it. Who created everything good? It wasn't the devil. Who created good food? It wasn't the devil. God created good food, and then he gave you the taste buds to enjoy them. Who created sex? The devil didn't create sex. God created sex, and then he created marriage as a safe place to enjoy that gift. Who created fun? It wasn't the devil. It was God who created fun. I mean, just look at puppies play, right? It's God who created fun and, and sports and athletes and things to, to enjoy fun. Who created beauty? When you woke up this morning, you looked outside and you saw that sunrise, it was God who paints that sunrise every single day. And then he gave you eyes to enjoy it. Who created music? Wasn't the devil. Just listen to how the birds sing. God created music and then he gave you the ears to hear it and enjoy it. It's God who created everything good. And, and, and again, that might be a surprise to you. And, and yet, so how did this world get so twisted? What happened? Why are some things not so good? Well, C.S. Lewis, the, the, the famous, um, he was an atheist at, 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 at Oxford and then he became a Christian back in the 1940s, a famous theologian and, and philosopher, and he wrote this. But pleasure, money, power, and safety are all, so far as they go, good things. The badness consists in pursuing them by the wrong method or in the wrong way or too much. I do not mean, of course, that people who do this are not desperately wicked, I do mean that wickedness, when you examine it, turns out to be the pursuit of goodness in the wrong way. So there's really nothing that's, that's bad. God created everything good. In fact, when you enjoy things the way that God created them, that's a way to, to get a glimpse of God. Uh, when you enjoy his gifts, of, of money and pleasure and sex and beauty and music, when you enjoy all those things the way that God created them, you get a glimpse of God. It's a slice of heaven. You get to know um, the giver of all those good gifts, that every good and perfect gift comes from God. The problem is, is when we detach ourselves, our, God, from those good gifts. When we pursue those gifts as an end in themselves, I mean, just think about it. Can you love money too much? Can you love sex too much? Can you love pleasure too much? Can you love games too much? Can you love music too much? And, and as one pastor, Pastor Timothy Keller, put it this way, this is what happens when we look at a good thing and we make a good thing an ultimate thing, it actually ends up eating us alive. When you love God's good gifts, detached from God, as an end in itself, that will eat you alive. When you love a good thing too much or in the wrong way, that's when it becomes bad. But it doesn't mean that that's what God designed it as. No, remember this point. God throws the best parties. 
God throws the best parties. And here's the good news. You're all invited. Do you ever click on social media just to find out that there's a party going on right now and you weren't invited, right? Everybody's um, taking pictures of themselves and they look like they're having a great time and you're at home and you didn't get invited and, and you just feel awful and left out. Well, that's not how God is. Listen to what Solomon says in these next verses. That wisdom, she has sent out her servants and she calls from the highest point of the city. Let all who are simple come to my house. To those who have no sense, she says, come eat my food and drink the wine I have mixed. God is throwing a party of his wisdom and everybody's invited. The rich and the poor, the good and the bad, the smart and the simple, the black and the white, the man and the woman, the young and the old. Nobody's excluded. Everybody's invited. And nothing can keep you out. Your sin can't keep you out. Your shame can't keep you out. Your past can't keep you out. Your, you, nothing can keep you out of this house. Everybody is welcome here. Everybody's welcome into God's party of his wisdom. So how do you enter? How do you get in there? What's the way into God's party? Solomon says, leave your simple ways and you will live. Walk in the way of insight. So first of all, he says, leave. That's the first thing. Uh, actually, the word's even stronger, forsake. Recognize that all of us by nature, all of us by nature believe this lie that the devil has been telling since the beginning of time that our God is not good. That somehow he's holding out on us. That's a better way than, than, than the way that God has designed things. That we can find some joy apart from him. That we can find some satisfaction apart from him. In fact, all that he's offering us is boiled Brussels sprouts. So leave that way of thinking. Leave that way of thinking that there is some joy outside of God. Forsake that selfish way. Forsake that, that sinful way. Forsake it. And then the next thing is walk in the way of insight. This is a metaphor, the idea of walk in the way. It's, it's a metaphor used from the beginning of, of the Bible to the very end. It's the idea of, of, of living by faith, to walk with God, to walk in the way in fact, Jesus himself calls himself the way to the Father. He is the way as he lived a perfect life for us, as he died on the cross for all of our sins, and as he rose again. The cross is the doorway into God's presence, into this party. That cross is not an end in itself. We don't come here to worship the cross. We come here to worship our God, our good God, and the cross is the way to get to God to get to his heart, to enjoy his presence, to live at peace with him. And everybody's welcome to walk in his ways. Everyone is welcome to live a life of wisdom. Everybody's welcome to this party, but not everybody's going to go. He's not going to force anybody to come into his party. He's not going to make anybody come in. In fact, Solomon says there's another party going on, a counterfeit party that looks similar, sounds similar, um, that's enticing people to come and join. It's a party thrown by folly. And so it, Solomon says in verse 13, folly is an unruly woman. She is simple and knows nothing, and she's thrown a party. And, and this is what the party sounds like. She sits at the door of her house on a seat at the highest point in the city, calling out to those who pass by, 
who go straight on their way. Let all who are simple come to my house. Those who go straight on their way. She's inviting people to the party, but you really don't need an invitation. Just keep walking straight. Just keep doing what you're doing. If it feels good, do it. Just walk with everybody else and just do what comes naturally and you'll end up at this party because by nature, we follow foolishness. By nature, we deny God. By nature, we don't want to go to the good party. By nature, we think there's some kind of joy outside of God. And so all the worldly folly has to do is just say, keep walking. Keep walking and you'll end up at that party. And, and she's trying to sound a lot like God's wisdom. Worldly folly wants to sound a lot like God because she says, everyone come on in. The simple come to my house. She's given this invitation to all people. Everybody come into my house. And when you get there, what does she offer you? Verse 16 and 17. Stolen water is sweet and bread eaten secretly is tasty. Now remember, godly wisdom was offering you a banquet of the best of meats and the finest of wines. Really good stuff. And worldly folly is offering you bread and water. But the devil's a good marketer. It's, it's uh, sweet water and tasty bread, but it's just bread and water. And the lie is that we would settle for something less than the glory of God, the beauty of God, the goodness of God and his gifts and all that he wants to offer us, that we would settle for something less than God. Again, C.S. Lewis, uh, he says it this way. It would seem that our Lord finds our desires not too strong but too weak. We are half-hearted creatures fooling about with drink and sex and ambition when infinite joy is offered us. Like an ignorant child who wants to go on making mud pies in a slum because he cannot imagine what is meant by the offer of a holiday at the sea. We are far too easily pleased. God is offering us his presence God is offering us himself the joy of his love and favor and to enjoy him in all of his gifts in the way that he designed them and we would settle for a counterfeit. It's not that our desires are too strong, they're too weak. And if we follow that lie, if we follow the lie that there is some goodness apart from God, outside of God, outside his design, look what happens when you enter into that party. Solomon says this, but little do they know that the dead are there, that her guests are deep in the realm of the dead, that you actually enter into the world's party and it's dead. And that's what it feels like, right? When we follow the ways of the world, it leaves you feeling dead inside. When we follow the lies of the world that this is going to give me life apart from God, that this is going to fill me up, man, we feel empty and dead inside. And if we keep walking down that way without turning or changing or repenting or going to God, that's where we'll end up. Ultimate separation from God. Ultimate deadness. So let me ask you, how do you know you're at the right party? How do you know you're at the right party? Now, before I answer that question, uh, let me tell you this. It's not about location. You could be inside of church and, and filled with hatred and envy and gossip and self-righteousness, and you could be in church and at the wrong party. You could be at the bar with your friends enjoying a gift of God and the gift of friendship and be at the right party. So it's not 
necessarily about location. It's about our heart. And that's what Solomon says uh, a while back when I told you about Hebrew poetry. I said, usually the, the center of the poem is the key verse. And that's what we find at the center of Proverbs chapter 9. Solomon says this, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And that's how you know you're at the right party. The fear of the Lord. I, I preached on this in our, our first sermon in this series uh, because it was in the first chapter of Proverbs and, and Solomon began with the fear of the Lord and now he ends his, his message to his son with the fear of the Lord. And if you remember, the fear of the Lord is not to be afraid of the Lord. This is a Hebrew phrase that means to be in awe of God. In fact, you could say to be worshiping God. And if you are worshiping God, you're walking in wisdom. And so, this is how you know you're at the right party. Um, if you can worship God in the middle of what you're doing, you're at the right party. If, if while you're eating that, drinking that, doing that, watching that, you can say, thank you, Jesus, for this good gift. This is a good thing from your hand. Then you're at the right party. But if while you're eating that, drinking that, doing that, watching that, and you can't say, thank you, Jesus, you wish he wouldn't see what you're doing, then you're at the wrong party. Now let's get real practical. Maybe this evening you're going to go to a party because there's this game on today, right? And, and while you're at that party, if, if you can't say, God, thank you for what I'm eating, I'm drinking, I'm doing, I'm saying, if you can't say, thank you, Jesus, you're probably at the wrong party. But that doesn't mean you necessarily have to leave. Maybe you just need to change your heart. Maybe you need to remember where all this good stuff comes from and how God wants us to enjoy it. And maybe you can bring God to the party. And so here's the take-home point. Whatever you're doing, praise God at the party. Praise God at the party. Because God throws the best parties. So praise him. Live a life of worship in everything you do, whether you eat or drink, whatever you do, do it all to the glory of God. So two weeks ago, I bought some Brussels sprouts. Because <laughs> I heard that if you marinate them in olive oil and you, you, uh, you slice them up and you roast them, they taste good. And it's true. And, and it reminded me that, that everything God has made is good. That God is good. And we just have a way of boiling the goodness out of it. We have a way of twisting the goodness out of God's good gifts. And we've all done it. I've done it. Where we've messed up um, God's good gifts. But here's the good news. When we find ourselves at the wrong party, when we find that, that, that we've boiled away the goodness of God, he doesn't shame us. He doesn't guilt us. He doesn't send us away. He invites us to his party. He invites us to come back home. He invites us to taste and see that the Lord is good. Let us rejoice and be glad in him. Amen. Let's pray. Lord God, we have all fallen in the trap of the lie. We've fallen in this idea that we can enjoy this world, that something in this world can satisfy us apart from you. Lord God, don't send us away. 
Don't reject us. Invite us back home today that we can enjoy your presence right now. Invite us into the party right now to enjoy your presence right now and then lead us to enjoy everything that you want to give us to the glory of your name. In your name we pray, amen. Thanks for listening to the Victory Podcast brought to you by Victory of the Lamb in Franklin, Wisconsin. For video sermon archives, more information about us, and to let us know how we can meet you where you're at, go to victoryofthelamb.com.